Welcome to the Celtics Power Hour, everybody. Just a day late and, you know, about an hour or two later than we usually do it. But midweek, we got a few days off with the Celtics having three days off here for, I mean, it feels crazy to have three. So feels days. so weird. Like, yeah, I don't understand it. Insane. And it also doesn't help that it's like bookending the week, too. So it feels even longer because those days in the middle of the week always take forever. So it's like, Monday sold this game and a Friday sold this game. Like, what's going on here? But hopefully the Celtics benefit from the rest, specifically Jalen Brown, who we know is, is working his way back from injury. And we're going to get into the trade stuff because just so everybody knows, like the next, uh, I don't know what, 10 Celtics power hours are all going to be trade rumors? Like, yeah. <laughs> You can't avoid it. Um, it, it's it's it is what it's gonna be like and honestly if we're doing this on any other Celtics during in any other Celtics season or anything like too like it'd be very similar you know yeah. until this team has the perfect team that's what we're gonna talk about so we will get into the Dennis Schroeder thing but you know what let's start with Jalen Brown why not because Jalen Brown returns Monday night um you know Jalen Jason Tatum also has a great game but again let's let's talk about Jalen uh, Brown for a second so he returns and he had those comments before the game he gets interviewed on sunday i think it was um has a press conference talks to the media about uh you know what's been going on with him and and how he you know how he's feeling and all this stuff and you remember Jalen brown says well you know I, I think i came back a little too early hamstrings can be tricky and all this stuff and i just wasn't myself right okay so he comes back um and and he was right if you look at the five game stretch where he came back uh, at the end of november uh into uh, just the beginning of december there um, he never posted over 20 points, five games. The scoring totals were 19, 13, 16, 16, and nine. Not good enough. Right. It's just he, looked, he looked it too. Like I test, right. Like you'd yeah. see him be like, eh, come on. He can't be hundred percent. Cause he wasn't right. And so that first game back, he put again, first game back the, the first time against Houston, um, puts up 19 and it goes down from there. Okay. So he comes back and supposedly, you know, feeling better. Uh, feeling like more like himself. He's saying, I'll be good to go. Whatever. All this stuff, all the lip service and, uh, against Milwaukee, 16 points. And you know, what's even, even funnier if you, or 19 points, I should say, sorry. You know, what's even funnier if you go back and, and compare it to the game with Houston. Once again, that first game back the Houston game on November 22nd, first game back after his, uh, however long absence it was, what is eight game absence, 19 yep. points, six of 13 shooting, Three three pointers, and then uh, four four from the line. In this game against Milwaukee, nineteen points, six of thirteen shooting, three three pointers, four four from the line. Like, are you starting to see? He had three rebounds in one game, uh, four rebounds in the next. I think it was. So, I, like, I I don't want to already hit the panic button on Jalen Brown being back, but like, are you already seeing the parallels there? Like, you know, yeah, it was a big win. Like both games, first game he was a plus twenty one plus minus this uh, against Houston, plus twenty plus minus against against Milwaukee. So like, I don't know. I don't want to like boy who cried wolf here, but are you concerned at all? Like uh... that that you might not still be like back back. Like what's what, what do you mean? Because I yeah, like I don't know. I mean he he fails to put up twenty again, and I know that yeah they didn't need it. They beat Milwaukee anyway, and they they uh, yeah. handled it. So it's like, so, okay. so that's that is the only the one difference I'll say is that I think um, that other game and was it against I just forget but when he had I think like you said he comes back and, and had a decent game he had like three threes in a row at one point during that game so that game when he first came back didn't even look 
like overall the whole wide sort of view of it was very skewed by that box score i i remember it i forget um was it houston that he i i, I yeah. like i said i kind of forget but yeah. he hit like two or three threes in like 10 seconds and it's like wow that mm-hmm. actually if you're gonna score 19 points that is a pretty decent chunk of it that's like 12 points of it you know what i mean this Not game right, against yeah. milwaukee i'll say one thing other than bumping his knee on oh is it bobby portis like he at least looked like he was moving okay when he came back um recently and played i was like he's definitely just not moving 100 he isn't this game he looked like he had the burst and everything like that i do obviously he goes up for a layup and he comes up limping and you're like oh crap here we go again um he's injured but that was a bump knee he like joked about it to abby chin at halftime or whatever he was like you know i hope i hope nothing else happens this game i can get out of here without any more injuries like i think that the eye test the numbers you're kind of it's like he he doesn't come back and he's not like you know bold the word back italicize it all caps underline all that because he had 19 points which i mean that seemed you know a few years ago for jalen brown maybe we're saying that's nice but you want more than that but what i will say is since coming back or i guess this game that we look at against milwaukee i test wise forget the box score he looked more explosive more like oh his next step he's gonna look like he's gonna pull something so that's a positive to me um but i kind of can recognize the point that um i don't know if we could say jalen's back until he puts up a stat line like he's back you know what i mean like but i I, i'm not i'm not worried right now about him because his his explosiveness his like aggressiveness his first step it all seemed to be there which i don't know if we saw the last time he tried to come back that makes sense so i mean i find it fascinating that you say you're not worried about him because uh, what reason does he give you besides the you know what what you does you know say you saw in this one game to mm-hmm. to not be worried about him? I mean to me it's not a matter of like well until he gives me reason not to I won't be worried about him. Like to me it's like he's until he reason. gives me yeah. a reason to feel like okay he's completely healthy uh, and give me the confidence that this isn't going to linger anymore then I won't worry about it. But until further notice, like I'm pretty worried still. Yeah, I, I mean I honestly wouldn't I couldn't sit here and like argue that you know what I mean like I think that you're right I'm just saying in in a sense of like what I saw differently from him coming back the other time and like if he scores 19 has three threes all that like it's like like to, to your point it's kind of like oh we've kind of seen this before right but to me it's like it did look very different it looked like a little bit more of a controlled like he had 19 points and, and didn't play a chunk of that game because of him bumping knees you know what I mean so maybe it was a better game and Tatum goes for 40 plus like I, I, this, this is how I concluded, I guess, KJ, is that this game, I almost give Jalen more of a benefit of the doubt than I did that previous game. You know what I mean? There's more factors that kind of speak to, okay, big win. You only needed to give us 19 points. You were in the locker room or whatever for a little bit of the game. Tatum goes for 42, but I test, I he looked like he was a little bit more healthy, but, uh, I can't really argue you being like, well, what, why, why is he, why am I giving him the benefit of the doubt? You know what I mean? Like he hasn't deserved that this year, but that is kind of where I am. Like, I think that, um, I'm looking at everything surrounding and genuinely it's not like, you know, the basketball stat people wouldn't like that, but just eye test. He looked healthier than he did when he first came back. Right. And, you know, I, I think that uh, he's never that, you know, going against the Milwaukee Bucks, the reigning NBA champion and one of the best teams in the league, the Golden State Warriors, that's never an easy spot to come back in. But just in terms of structurally, when it's like you have a game on Monday, then you get three days off, then a game on Friday, it's a good spot to come back in if, to ramp up. You know, you get that taste of game action. You don't have to say, you know, return from injury management. He's going to miss this game. Yeah. You can just say, okay, well, 
you know, Jalen Brown is going to, uh, you know, come back this game. He'll get the next three days off. And then, you know, he'll be ready to play Friday. And it's a gradual ramp up. And, yes, it's two tough opponents. But as far as uh, the actual, like, minutes you're going to play and how they're going to map out within the week, kind of a, a nice spot to bring him back for, you know? Yeah. I mean, other than the fact that it's, like, this huge game against a really good team, which I don't know if I love that spot, especially getting the win against the Bucks. But who knows? We'll see. We talked about having to win two out of three of this crazy stretch. But I think that all things considered, forget about, you know, playing a good team and it being a meaningful game or whatever you want to say. I think you're right. Like, who, who if you were injured and you're like, hey, well, guess what? You can play. You don't have to miss any games because we have a weird three-day middle-of-the-week sort of off period here. Then, yeah. Like, right. yeah, I mean, that's kind of a perfect sort of walk into uh, being back. I like that for him, um, for sure. I, so uh, we'll get to more on that, that Warriors game a little bit later. Um, and we'll get to the shooter stuff uh, quickly. But first... Do, do, you, do you see the news today that uh, Danny Ainge is joining the Utah Jazz as their new CEO and alternative go- governor, something like that? It was alternate governor. Yeah, he's, his, he's, I think, honestly, I, I, I saw something that technically his job responsibilities will end up being president of basketball operations with a GM under him. Right, yeah. So it's like, and what? I, <laughs> like, I, it's... I wonder if, like, I, I do wonder what alternate governor means, though. You know, because because in the NBA, like the governor is the owner. You know, it's like they just wanted to change the name for it, which is fine. You know, whatever other sports still. It's still probably use like it, what's but... uh, Jerry West's role with the Clippers is like board member, and it's like what yeah, like no. you're like a board member. So, like, but uh... it, th- this is the part I'm confused about. Is like, did Danny Ainge get like a stake of ownership? Like, why are they calling him the alternate governor? Because isn't that a title reserved if you actually? have ownership of the team like you own a stake in the utah jazz like i can't imagine that he would have been given that although i suppose if it's like a situation where they're not paying him a salary they just give him a stake in ownership like i could see uh how that could be a possibility but i just like nba owners not exactly they're giving out stakes of ownership like candy you know do you prefer no, not to do even that to get so. like some of owner like i and again i think we're just like guessing right like we don't we don't yeah, but I wonder know. based on the title, you know? That well, that's what I mean. Like, how wild would that be to give just a piece of – because he's not going to go to a team and become say, – say we're right in terms of, like, getting a stake of ownership. He's not right. going to do that for, like, a non-significant percentage and to give any sort of significant well, percentage. No, when, what do you mean by – when I say significant, I say, like, 5% is significant. Like, he's not going to go for a half of a percent of a team or something because look see, at how much almost, these teams I are worth. I almost wonder. That's, like, I almost think – is it – because because to me – if you're an owner and you're giving up 5% of your team just to that's crazy. That's games, why, yeah. Like that's crazy. Like that's why that I don't know. I know it's, I know you're, you're kind of drawing the line between, you know, team governor or whatever like that. I, I just, I can't see that. I get it. That might just be a title. I, I hope it is because if you gave Danny Ainge 5% of the Utah jazz to just what come <laughs> in at his age and, and help run your team because when, he's by from the Utah, way, like, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, like the Utah jazz, like you're already a good team. Like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. you're, you're already a good basketball team. You don't need to go above and beyond to, to bring Danny Ainge in. So I hope they didn't. And I hope it's just title, but like, if it is, I couldn't imagine it's more than like a half percent. If it's 1%, I'd be shocked. Like that, like, I, I hope that it's just a title, but to the reason it confuses me is because, okay, well, you gave this governor title to owner. So like alternate governor, if we're just, and by the way, like, let's take it for what it is. If he's the alternate governor, what I assume that means is like when the team owner can't be there 
for XYZ conference, like if he's the alternate, then Danny Ainge shows up. No, like isn't that, I, wouldn't that I be guess. what? I mean, he yeah, like, like, again, it, it's, it's very similar. And I know it sounds weird to the Jerry West just being a board member of the Clippers. Like, like it just like, it's like, okay, what does he do then? There's no way Jerry West is in meetings voting on stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it's because he's Jerry West. NBA legend was involved with like the Lakers and obviously now I guess still in LA like they give him a title but he probably doesn't act as a true true and I don't know this I could just be the dummy like completely speaking out of my ass but that could be the same for Danny Ainge it's like they're just giving him a a authoritative sort of role right because mm -hmm. he's Danny Ainge but can I say this ready so we got Matt in the chat here saying this Ainge Def got fired okay then. I was gonna talk about this and we can talk about it short just that was my conspiracy theory from day one that this is a trickle-down effect that Danny Ainge wasn't fired but it was like a hey like can we red carpet you out of here almost so and... this, so to, in your mind this is the affirmation of like no Danny Ainge didn't retire because now he's back working with the jazz. Well, like, it was well how, all... about, how about if someone retires and they get asked a month later, you know, are you done with basketball? And he literally, I think quote, quote unquote was, well, the door's always going to be open and whatnot. I go, dude, if you retire, the door's not open. Like you're genuinely yeah. closing the door on your career. So the right. minute he retires and still says the door's open and he wants to be around basketball still, like then it's kind of like, uh, I don't know what's going on here. So I don't know if right. fired. I don't think fired. I think that you, Danny Ainge would never have been fired. Almost same thing with Brad Stevens. My whole sort of trickle-down effect was that, the think about how fast this happened. It's that they clearly, in my brain, if this is going to be a, a conspiracy theory here about this, right? And I think I said this on my podcast. It's like, Danny Ainge was talked to. Like, hey, how about you get out of here? You know, we can roll out the red card before you make this say you retired um, and whatnot. And then almost to cover their own asses because they didn't necessarily like have their ducks in a row. They're like, oh, well, let's also move Brad Stevens up here. So it looks like us as an organization, we had all our shit together. You know what I mean? Like if they just let Danny Ainge retire with no one filling in and everything like that, like then it's weird. That's the conspiracy. So it's, I'm, it's I'm also too a confused by it because in your mind, was it Ainge who wanted away from the Celtics or the Celtics who wanted away from Ainge in that scenario? Both. That's what I think that they had a conversation that it's like, how can we make this work? Danny Ainge, I think I would say Danny Ainge probably wanted to like retire, okay? Um, once they brought that up to him, I don't know if he genuinely decided wake up one morning you know what uh, hey wick like i want to get out of here but i think that they're like what's going on here and he's like you know what yeah maybe it makes sense if i just leave this team so retire from the celtics i think is different than retire career-wise like like mutual parting ways is different than i'm done with this sort of gm president of basketball operations governor of whatever type of role I don't know. It's a conspiracy theory. I don't know. I don't. Th I just think the fact that they had Brad Stevens within uh, 24 hours announced as the new GM too is a little sort of like like reactionary. Like they wanted to make it look like so pretty. Because well, now you retires, got now you got my uh, my brain churning a little bit because I'm starting I to think. It. Like I think it was. By the way, I think it was within like an hour that Brad Stevens. Yeah, was I think you're right. I was gonna say I, I I said 24 hours to be safe. I think I was at an airport when all this happened, and I hadn't yeah. even boarded my flight yet before Brad was announced that. So it must have been pretty quick. So I think that that you're you're onto something a little bit because I, I think there are going to be people that are going to rush to say this proves Ainge was fired and this or that. But I think that, that there likely is more nuance than that. I think that the Celtics didn't want to go to Danny Ainge and say you're fired, yep. and they did have a conversation. And there was you know there wasn't exactly well we we we're firing you, but we don't want to make it look like we're firing you. It was like hey you know 
this and that and the other, and the word firing was never discussed. So when the Celtics come out and say, we never fired Danny Ainge, are they lying? No. But, like, deep down, did you want to fire any Danny Ainge? Like, yeah, we were thinking about it, and you know what? It ended up that we basically did that. Like, that's – I think that's what it, it you know, comes down to. And they just found a way to do it and go through all the machinations of it where they say, no, we didn't fire Danny Ainge. But at the end of the day, it's like, what does the technicality and the technology – like, the – how you how you yeah, phrase yeah. it really matter like we like we understand what happened what happened was that either Danny Ainge didn't want to be here anymore or the Celtics didn't want him to be in here, here anymore and they came to that decision and whatever word you want to use fired retired or you rehired whatever the whatever it happens you know to be at the at the end of the day Danny Ainge isn't here anymore and he's somewhere else and like there's a reason for that you know whatever that reason is and uh, you know I, I feel like it's not exactly that the Celtics are lying and the Danny Ainge is lying, but they're being something less than honest about their true feelings about the situation. Right. Like, I think that that's got that it's to me, Danny Ainge never shied away from saying my basketball door is still open or whatever his quote is. Right. Mm -hmm. So to me, you don't say that if you don't have any piece of your mind, that's like, I could still do this job. But that, to your point, that doesn't mean that he wanted to do it with the Celtics anymore. doesn't mean that the Celtics wanted him to do it. Like, it, it, you could say retired because it sounds so much better. Like, even saying, oh, well, if they were to tell the truth. And again, this is feeding right into my conspiracy. So I'm not saying this is the truth. But if they're to tell the truth on this sort of line of what we're saying here, like saying Celtics and Danny Ainge have mutually agreed to part ways sounds like you fired him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, they're not going to say that. So right. if the conspiracy is right then they mutually agreed to part ways but had to use the r word in terms of retirement because that's the only way to be like ah oh, this is a cool thing like everything's all good like he's we didn't get rid of him he's not leaving he doesn't have any fire left or anything like that so i don't know right um i like sean's idea um so danny uh donovan mitchell uh is he uh, <laughs> you know what, what what's it gonna take like we'll give you marcus smart and you know we can talk about maybe throwing something else in like uh, I don't know. You know, it, it is funny. Like once upon a time, Kevin McHale helped Danny Ainge out and win a championship. So, you know, I don't know. It's uh, I don't think it's going to happen. But wouldn't it be nice if Danny Ainge went to Utah and traded you Donovan Mitchell for, you know, I know. It, that, of, uh, that comes down goals. to like that conversation, too. Was it this totally pleasant or is he going to be like, uh, no, screw the Celtics now? I don't know. I, I doubt he'd be that, but it, it would be uh, interesting. So um, yeah. here's the here's the the money question, at least from the Utah Jazz perspective, which I don't know if we care that much about, but let's talk about it. Um, do you want Danny Ainge running your team at this point? Like, if you're the Utah Jazz, is, is that what you want? Like, if you if you have were the well, owner, they still, of have, team they still have their GM though. Like, I know, I know, G but like you know, Danny Ainge is supposedly above that, and supposedly you know, like you That's said, true. it works out yep. so that he has the same role he had with the Celtics. So yep. if you're the owner of Team X, do you want Danny Ainge running your team? Um, I, I honestly, I want to say no, but I don't know if that's like, I could see him coming into a jazz team. Who's already good and helping. You know what I mean? Like, I think what Danny and struggled with here was being too patient in a time where maybe you did have somewhat of windows or windows open to make something happen. Like with the jazz, that's a team that like, I'd, you could just be patient. Like, you know what I mean? Get a piece here and there. Now, does he do that? Maybe because he doesn't really do that. He didn't do that here, but you already have like a couple of your pieces and, and good role guys. Like the jazz already have players that Danny Ainge couldn't get the Celtics. You know what I mean? Like they have six guys, seventh men, like to me. Yeah. Maybe he can help 
but if he comes in and if he's calling the shots now, then that's where my answer probably turns to no. Because I know who's I, I the name's escaping me. Pretty much the the executive GM or, or the guy that was below Danny Angie still has that role now. Brad Stevens overtook him there as president. Like he's the he's I guess technically the general manager of the Celtics, but the was president it Mike of the best. or something like that. Yeah, or yeah, 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 yeah. So there's still that yes, yes. So there's still that role in Utah, but that guy's been doing that job as like a GM. Like the Celtics are kind of weird how we view like Danny Ainge. We say he was the GM and whatnot. He, he really wasn't. He was the president of basketball operations. And if you look around the league, that isn't always the guy that's doing that. Um, so if he is truly just a president of basketball operations and kind of has like say on the team, then I think that could help. If he's going to run and call the shots, then I don't think so. Cause I think we really learned that Danny Ainge is almost patient to a fault. You know, like he didn't, he didn't pull the trigger. Um, like, at times or maybe he should have if rumors have been true so i almost feel the opposite like the way i feel is that you know if i was a team like the rockets or the magic it's like well what do i got to lose you know if i'm the kings like well yeah sure i'll take danny Ainge. like it's mm-hmm. not like but you're, you're, you're you are you are talking from the perspective that he's gonna like run and manage the trades right because that's where yeah, I'm like, but split. even then, like the role that I imagine he'll have in Utah, like what, like unless you're literally just bringing Danny Ainge into to sweet talk consult, a yeah. a team, like at the end of a, I, I think because I think he can still do that. Like if you want Danny mm-hmm. Ainge to get on the phone with one of his buddies and yuck it up and say and try to convince him to give him, you know, like do a trade without giving up an extra first round pick or something, like yeah, maybe maybe that's a fine role for him. To me, like okay. But if you're bringing in Danny Ainge to, like, advise at this point, a little bit questionable. And I feel a little bit uh, – I don't feel great about that because at the same – by the same token, I you know, I wonder – I question myself in that would I have been saying this last year? Would I be saying this now if Danny Ainge was still running the Celtics? You know, would I still question that? It was hard to. It was hard to in the moment uh, because the Celtics held on to him for so long that it felt mm-hmm. like just, you know, give him the – the job for life title or whatever. But, you know, now that now that we've been separated from it and I'm looking at it more clearly, I'm thinking like, if you're Utah, like, and you have the team you have, which is like, you have two pretty good players in Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Are they like superstar, like Giannis, Kawhi Leonard level? No, but they're like, they're solid all-stars, okay? Unless you shake it up drastically and try to bring in another star, how much better is your team going to get? Like I, to, and to me, I don't know if you have the assets to add that other star. So when I look at it all, I say, what is Danny Ainge really doing for you? Like, what is he going to mm-hmm. do for you? I, I worry that they are maxing out on what they can be. And Danny Ainge could only mess that up for them. That's what I'm concerned about. I, I, I think that it all comes down to, and I'll pop this up from Ben here too saying I think Danny Ainge will only be a sounding like if if Danny Ainge is calling in almost making decisions calling the shots type of thing then I'm I'm in your boat rowing alongside in perfect unison our boat are is rowing so fast cuz we're on the same page like I don't think that he's a call the shots guy at this point like he was away from basketball it really wasn't even going that well for him up until the end of his career there but if he is just a hey like you had been doing this for you know, I don't know, two decades, call it like just for rough numbers, then I do see sort of a value because then that takes again, that's like the two to do sort of two sort of buckets to put it in. If they're like, hey, we are a good team. 
we have this GM who's still going to make trades, make our team better. But Danny, can you shed like your wisdom on this? And Danny Inch has wisdom. I know that we soured on right. him in Boston and whatnot. He doesn't have the trade, like trader Danny isn't real because he's more of a hoarder Danny. Like I think we learned that. Um, right. But I will say that like someone being like, oh, like you couldn't learn from Danny Ainge. Like he did put together one of the better teams in, in you know, the last, I guess we call it 20 years, right? Yeah, 15, 20 years, whatever, yeah. And, sure. and wins a championship. Like there's a lot of GMs that haven't done that. So maybe to Ben's point, if he is just a bounce some ideas off me, what do you think? Um, you're pretty much here to be involved, but not make any final decisions. Then I'm in on that. But if it's the other way, like what you're talking about, then I'm on your page. Okay, you know but I mean? here's the thing. I like no matter what his role is to an extent. Like if you're so Utah, Ainge. why are you messing with a good thing? Like literally, like I would say that, and I said it about Danny Ainge. I would almost say that about anybody Utah would bring in, right? I I worry about messing with your mix because Danny's like really from well. like I I think that's probably what it is. Like I think I think it's like the hometown story. You know what I mean? Like Danny Ainge Maybe. is a Utah. But, like it's, but it's look at sappy. look at Utah. Look honestly, look at them. Look at what they've done. You, like really from a, a management, from a coach perspective, from a general manager perspective, executives, how could they have done any better? They got Rudy Gobert at the end of the first. They got Donovan Mitchell at the end of the lottery. They signed Joe Ingles when nobody else wanted him. Yep. Like they've done very, very well from them for themselves across, well. like uh, across the board. Really? They, they've hardly made any mistakes. Yep. So why change that setup that you have currently? Like you've done well in that respect. No, I, yeah, so, that, that, I, I'm in that. I, I agree with that. But okay, so, if he's so not, if he, if he's not gonna rock the boat, then then maybe they just said, "Oh, let's see what can happen." The the and the, the logical argument, I guess, to make is, well, you know, they're still not championship level, and can Danny Inch take us there? Okay, well, if you want to be that, you're gonna need more than Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. All right, you're gonna you're need also, another piece. You're also gonna need more than Danny Ainge. Like, right. I think he didn't but, do that right, for the right. Celtics in the recent. I know. I know what, what you're saying. saying is, though, yeah. What I'm saying is, you need a third star. Okay, yes. so let's talk about that. Okay, because there's two paths to getting uh, a few paths, but let's just talk about, I guess, the main three. Right. Free agency, trade, and the yep. draft. Okay. So, uh, in the draft, that's where like big danger signs flash for me. Okay, because if you're bringing in Danny Ainge to do that. I, you were already better at that than Danny Ainge was in Boston. Okay. If you're yeah. working with late round picks, you already got Gobert and Mitchell. Like we just said, you're better at locating those draft steals than Ainge was. So that is not what you're bringing in Danny Ainge for. You're already good at that. Okay. Free agency. You have no money. <laughs> okay. You, you, you have spent all your money on Mitchell, Gobert, Bogdanovich, Conley. Like you're broke, man. Yeah. So yeah. That's not going to work unless it's a sign in trade. So like, whatever, you know, that's, that's a bunch of machinations we don't need to get into. And if it's even possible financially for them to, can you trade this guy when you bring in this sign and trade, if it works with a hard cap, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Whatever. Probably not is the, is the answer. And your third option is a straight up trade. Okay. Which, you know, like you just mentioned trader Danny and whatever, like, is he trader Danny though? Is he really okay. like, are we sure he still has that, that, ability to make I think the big I'm sure he doesn't. I'm not going to lie. I think I'm sure he doesn't. Like, I, I think I'm with you. I think, like, genuinely he doesn't. So, uh, it, it confuses me just a little bit. Like, cause, and we've heard the rumors for a while that maybe the owner just loves him and they just have a relationship or whatever it might be. You know, the hometown thing you brought yep. up, like, whatever. Fi- like, okay, if you want to be Bobos together, like, fine. Just go for it, you know? But... <laughs> 
but I get yeah, and, we can't like we if if that is the reason this happened, what 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 is Ev and what is KJ gonna say to that? Like it's right. okay, then fine. And at the end of the day, to me, like the, the whole thing with the Jazz of like saying, well, yes, we're a good team, but we want to be a championship contender. Well, like, guess what? And I know this is what everybody wants to hear, and like this isn't maybe the right mindset to have in the NBA, but a lot of good teams go throughout their existence or their their time and their place uh, amongst the league without ever winning a championship. And in the NBA, where most of the time the best player is going to win or be in it or the second best, third best player, and it's hard to win it with a team that has a Mitchell and a Gobert, like mm-hmm. being a really good team is underrated. And to some extent, like, it's okay. It's okay to just be consistently very good, make the conference semifinals every year, especially in the Western Conference. Like, it's actually very underrated to do These that. These jazz fans from three years ago till now are probably ecstatic. Like, yeah. coming and out I, of you know, I, nowhere? I, I get it. I'm sure you'd love to win a championship. That would mm-hmm. be wonderful, wouldn't it? Yep. Your chances of doing that are so small. Like, you would need to, even if you do get the third star, it's it's still very unlikely. Like they thought it was Mike Conley. It's not. Like Mike Conley's not getting them there. No. So point I don't guard, know. not and not a take you to the next level star. I'll tell you what. If they think that this move is going to help them get to a championship, I think they're wrong. I, yeah, I don't. I, think I, I I find like that. I agree with you. I think that that again. I think that this just has to be a. It's an NBA team with plenty of capital to spend and whatnot. Let's bring in a like the comment said a sound someone we can bounce ideas off. Like and that really, has to be the only, that is the only logical thing. If they're bringing right. him in to truly benefit, put nitrous into their sort of car. It's like, no, I mean, no, he's not. The guy was retired for six months. Like, it, and you know, at the end of the day, we'll see, right. If he, if he, if a big trade happens in Utah and the reports come out that Danny Ainge's fingerprints yeah. were all over it. Right. And they all go on and they have a great season. Then that's you know, the case. No sure, one look back on episode 10 of, of Celtics. Power. Yeah, we'll, then he'll we'll get his praise. But I'm even saying, like, even if that happens, I mean, so let's say they get, I don't know, Carl Anthony Towns, right? And he plays the four and Gobert plays the five, whatever, right? Is is that winning you a championship? Like, you know, are you sure it is? Because I'm not, I'm still not sure about that group. Like, you know, I I don't know. I Whatever. We'll see what happens. I'll, I'll be told in time. I just, the move, I, I question it a lot. Let's get to Dennis Schroeder, okay? Right. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, in trade rumors, uh, reports came out from Sham Sharani of The Athletic within the past week that rival teams, rival executives, whatever, whoever it is from these rival teams, uh, are expecting the Celtics to, I guess, listen to offers or be open to trade conversations around Dennis Schroeder. Were you surprised by this at all? I think it was bound to happen at some point. I think that it was a pretty uh, hefty coincidence that, you know, that news comes out and then that night or the night, at, whatever it was, all of a sudden Schroeder's in a dust up with Tatum on the bench. Like talk about stars aligning for the media and people that want to react to that. But um, one year deal, severely underpaid this year. I think that he is 1 million percent a tradable i think Dennis Schroeder has been like i think the people have soured on him I, for whatever reason in the last couple of weeks i think he's still really like still one of your best players in this team like i think that that's undeniable in terms of am i surprised that they might trade him is no because guess what the logical thing to do with dennis Schroeder this year is trade right. him 
for a bag of peanuts if you have to, because he is Whoa, going to be gone. Well, for well, well, hold on, back if up. You wait, to, back, if you have to, if you have to. But but what does that mean if you have to? Like, are you trading Dennis Schroeder no matter what happens? No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the mindset of listening to offers and and whatnot. So going through the trade pro, I don't think you go out of your. It's, it's still like it's, it's not like you're gonna get. So this, this will actually explain it pretty well. You're not going to get that much for Dennis Schroeder. Like no so team. What'd you say? I don't think so either. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Good. Because like, what team's gonna be like? Oh yeah. Like I'm gonna get the guy that's making severely less than what he wanted for half of a season, and you know the that type of thing. And then so he's a free to, agent. Exactly. Like he's not. That, you don't think that he's thinking like, oh, I gotta get some money this off season, and right. and he knows that he's and he is worth more. Like 100. percent He he held out, bet on himself. It didn't work just because teams signed other guys and whatnot. Dennis Schroeder still is going to get. You know, I I could see 20 million plus a year like he's maybe a team will pay him that regardless maybe i don't know they they, you know, they said that last year about dennis Schroeder, and look what happened and well so, he wanted like 30 plus there is a huge difference there we'll see right yeah yeah Forget and it. i don't that's know even i don't that. know that's... that dennis Schroeder is like the best person in the world but like for his sake i hope i hope he gets a good contract because <laughs> you know at the end of the day he does he does he, he's earned you hope he did because he got what he's he, done he, in the NBA. he boned himself last year now you hope he like dude that was a yeah he, you know and I, I you know i hate to see the guy get raked through the coals like sure i go go get uh some, some yes. go get your contract okay so if we if we agree then he's not going to be a celtic next year which he like he's yeah. not gonna sign a hometown discount like that's crazy right. talk that people well, say that yes and by the way hometown discount like they can't offer him hardly anything <laughs> you know yeah. so like discount discount so if right. they if they are like when i said trading for a bag of peanuts i don't necessarily think you go and get absolutely molly in a deal you probably should because he's not going to be here but i'm talking about in the mindset of if people are approaching you pitching you you don't turn down a deal if it's like you know a minute before the deadline type of thing just because it's not going to get you the value you want unless someone else in some fantasy land truly thinks that the celtics are going to win a championship this year then you want to get something for dennis schroeder and i like dennis schroeder I wish that wasn't the case, but he's going to be gone. So okay, so let's put let's put something on it. And you know what? I, not that you'll be able to know this, but I'll even give you a specific number just for the heck of it. Yeah, the twenty seventh pick in next year's draft for Dennis Schroeder. Are you taking that? Is is it a minute before the deadline? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if 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 push comes sure. to, if yeah. push comes to shove, then yeah, I take that because I think that you're gonna get Den- Dennis Schroeder's gone for nothing. And KJ comes down to the fact that I don't think that I, I think that the Celtics team is still has some volatile issues. Like I I don't think that this is a championship team. So if you lose Dennis Schroeder, you're gonna get way worse. So if like that's the point you make that I'm in on that boat. If you lose him and get a 27th pick, you get way worse. I get it. But what are you gonna hold? Like why are you holding on to him then? To to try and win 10 more games and hurt your draft draft chances? Like like because why throw away the season? You know why why just tell Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? Hey guys, you know what? We're gonna give up on this one. We're just gonna trade Dennis Schroeder out of town, and we're gonna take a pick. And that guy's not gonna be ready if we draft him for like three or four more years. And we'll get back to you then. Like okay. to me, I think it's a good point. We, That's spitting in the face of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. I get. Like me, I think I give you that. Like the way I think about it is, would I have traded the twenty seventh pick for Evan Fournier last year? And I say, you know what? Yeah, I would have. I would have two second round picks. They ended up trading for him. Twenty seventh pick, a late first. You know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I would have ended up yeah. trading that for for. Evan Fournier, I think they got a steal as it is with Evan Fournier. Two second round picks, is you're giving up nothing. You're literally giving up nothing. So, and that's what you're looking at when you're talking about Dennis Schroeder's return. Because I understand that that your point is that, hey, 
you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna just have half a season of Dennis Schroeder, you know, what's that worth? Yeah, I'll take the the yeah, uh, four seed versus six seed or something like yeah, that. Like uh, it's, I'll take the pick at the end of the first round. Sure, you're right. You're you know right what? though. You're right with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's mentality about it. The teams you're throwing in the towel doing that. But also, you know what? Every other NBA GM's thinking like, what am I giving up for Dennis Schroeder when I can't resign next offseason? Like they're all thinking the same thing. So but Celt- but KJ Celtics fans think Dennis Schroeder has trade value. Right. And he does from an ability perspective, but unless there's some sort of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, we're going to sign you off seat and then off season. Like you're going to be here to long-term. No team is going to be like, Oh, let's give up a, an arm and a leg for Dennis Schroeder. He's, right. he's good enough for that. Like if he was on a, a, like a Marcus smart contract, right? You have a legitimate trade asset on your hands. I don't know if they would want to trade him because he is good, but if he had a contract long-term that by the end of that contract, it probably ends up being team friendly then yeah but that's not the case like this guy is making arguably 20 million dollars less than what he could be this year he's gonna want to search for that money and that's not him being like a conceited let me get the money bag chaser no that is a i'm just getting what i should be getting type of mentality like it's they're not gonna get much for him so to me the the math equation is you know how much to the celtics should you know for three months of Dennis Schroeder be worth. And to me, the way I look at it is, okay, well, he, he right now he's your third best scorer. He's, mm-hmm. you know, one of your better uh, point guards, one of your better ball handlers, holds the ball a little too much, but that he's is what it is. one of your better players, simply so, like he is. At the end of the day, I'm not giving that up for the 27th pick who could just end up being another, like, you know, J.R. Giddens or... Jawan Johnson or whoever, <laughs> like I, I just I, I value the the yeah. team this season too highly. Even if named, they are, but you just named nothing. So so you 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 win the argument there because you did. When I say like a bag of chips, right? That's equivalent to nothing. And you kind of just did the same thing. Like I'm the 27th pick. Maybe I was thinking like long term, you get a deal, trade, whatever. But if you trade Dennis Schroeder for some, you take my point, right? Which I'm admitting, yeah. like you know, that extreme of it is wrong because I'm not trading Dennis Schroeder to get a like a taco fall type of thing. Okay, like but but this is what I'm asking. What is something like? What is what do you think the best you can get for Dennis Schroeder is? Just on off the top, uh, like I'm putting honestly, you on the spot. Honestly, if the someone could come and so so draft, I think any and draft picks. I honestly think could like that in a in in a in a situation where it looks like the Celtics are are in need of or whatever trades right like they look like they could make trades or look like they should make trades and like that um and i guess i'm talking off season at this point right because you're not going to go and trade him and then quickly turn around this whatever i think that you have value in draft picks because what team doesn't want to be like okay throw in that draft pick it sweetens the pot right um Mm -hmm. but if you get a guy that can play minutes for you and it doesn't have to be 20 minutes a night anything like that like you give me someone maybe i don't know a, a wing or a like whatever if they could play 10 minutes for you a night and be like oh that's like a 10 minute per i don't have a name at the top of my head but you know there's a million of these guys in the nba 10 minutes a night in the nba type player never going to do too much never going to do too little anything like that i think that that is a sort of if you're going to lose Schroeder for nothing you bring in that guy instead in a trade but to your point like you you joan johnson like like then you're essentially you are trading him for nothing you might as well hold on to him and lose him for nothing but if you can get something which my something again is draft capital or a yeah, but what 10, draft capital like what this is what i'm saying like 27 because, a first round pick 27th a first 27th pick overall like the one that you threw at me i would do that 
I know you said you wouldn't. Okay, but, like, but, but you said like you even said last minute. Okay, if you if you came down to it, like last minute yeah. you'd take the 27th pick. Okay, but I'm saying like what is a deal that you wouldn't like wait till the last minute for? Like you'd You're say, searching? you know what? So they're shopping, they're shopping this deal on their end almost. Like what yeah, like what are you saying? Like, I'll take that like today. You know, like what is that deal? Is it two firsts? Is it two you know, firsts? Because, like, is it the 27th pick twice? Because, by the way, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. When you look at the... When you look across the league right now, like, who is the team out there that's giving up, like, a mid-first for Dennis Schroeder? You know? Is it, like... You gotta remember, we are on the the same page here in in the sense of you have close to no leverage with him, right? Like, I'm on that boat. Like, are the Mavericks gonna call you up and say, hey, here's our first... I, I it's so. it's it's almost like i don't know maybe you can correct me here but my mindset is like a team a contender might want him because you have a half a year right. of him right gone right after sure that. sure you know what yeah, maybe yeah would the would the bucks want him if something happened sure would the jazz maybe want him maybe yeah you know the warriors is a, is a backup who knows I, I don't know but um the like those picks again are not going to be too interesting to you like a team no. that that to me it's like, you know, do the Sixers want them? Will they give you their first? Like, I bet they won't. I bet no. they'll say, wait, we could have gotten this guy in free agency for five million, and now we have to give up our first for him or two firsts. And it's like, no, teams aren't going to end up doing that. And so to me, it's like, well, I'm you, not getting. I don't think Jack I'm getting. Saying Cam Reddish, Jeff Green, like that's that's the type of guy. Like that's high end of the spectrum on what they could get. I feel like a Cam Reddish for Dennis Schroeder. I that's high, like when you asked what's my definition of something, right? Cam Reddish, and and Jack even says first round pick for so Dennis and a first for Cam Reddish. Say dish Dennis for Cam Reddish or Cam Reddish is your return. That you asked me what my definition is something. Cam Reddish is high end value, high end value for Dennis Schroeder because the Celtics don't have leverage. So that kind of puts it more into perspective, I guess, where I'm thinking of this deal because they don't, they can't go up to the Hawks and be like, "Hey, we got Dennis Schroeder." And they're like, "Okay, cool. If we want him, we'll just wait a couple months and we'll get him." Like it's mm-hmm. so that's high end value. Jeff Green, I, I hate to even say that, that might be closer to high end value. If you can get a guy that can play and genuinely contribute, then that's value for him. But like, is Jeff Green giving you more this season than Dennis Schroeder is? No, he's not. But Dennis Schroeder next season is going to give you zero. Maybe Jeff, like, who knows? Like, I, I don't know. At the his age, that... though, at Jeff Green's age, like, I don't, I don't know. I and the well, the... well, is is Jeff Green going to give you that much less than Dennis Schroeder? Yeah, maybe mm. like a chunk, but it's not like he's an incapable player. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. You know, you, once you... upon a time, we would have said that. About <laughs> That's Jeff true. Green. That's true. Flashback I... a few years. Jeff Green, like, is the future of the Celtics. So maybe we you try know, and kick that one back. At the end of the day, Jeff up. Green is. I mean, I don't want to talk about Jeff Green, but he's 35. He's averaging, you know, under, a little under 10 points a game. And, like, is he going to get the minutes here when you have wings already, like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Grant Williams is playing really well? And it's like you got to – so, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I To me, it's – you're not going to find many players for half a season that will contribute the way Dennis Schroeder is contributing right now. So I'll just take that, and I'll be good for a year, and then I'll figure out my team next year. Like, I to me – the, a little bit of you have to, has to worry about the future, but when it becomes down to decisions like that, like right now matters too. It's not all about we have to capitalize on Dennis Schroeder right now. Like sometimes the best way you can capitalize on having Dennis Schroeder right now is to have him right now and just 
play him and be a good team this year. When you brought up the Tatum and Brown mindset of it, that honestly wasn't even really what I thought of. That's true. And it trickles down to the end. It does trickle down to like, as a fan too, like, you know, if they just throw in the towel, where is the consumption standpoint there? You know what I mean? So I, I, I do see that point, but I do think it comes down to like, uh, someone's definition of value if you can get an ounce of value for dennis Schroeder, then you do it because i think you the way you're thinking of it is you're thinking of it uh uh, as like a would you trade him for nothing which is because i kind of said that originally right it's like i'm not that's not your fault but like and i just don't know that a team's going to give up something like like animal interesting brunson you're not getting jalen brunson for dennis Schroeder. like that's not happening i'm sorry to break it to you but you know i I, I don't know. It's, see, we'll like, see. Or, or, like or this too. Like, aren't the, these are dream scenarios? Rubio for Schroeder. Like, I would do that too. It, it's, but I don't know if teams are going to give up anything. Like, Dennis Schroeder, talent wise, is very good and a very good trade asset. It's the fact that he's making, you know, one fifth of what he could be making. It's the fact that he's going to be trying to chase that extra four fifths in the offseason that is going gonna, is gonna to result in him. If Probably you're getting something, if you're getting something for Dennis Schroeder, it has to be kind of like the trade you're talking about with the Hawks, okay? Which is that, I, which I'm not going to totally dismiss out of hand. Mm-hmm. It would be with a team that has a good asset that just doesn't fit with them, that might fit better with you. And Dennis Schroeder might fit better with them. So it's going to be that type of a deal that, that would make sense. Yep. Outside of that, I'm not giving him up. I'm honestly not giving him up to a legit contender that's only going to give me a first. Like, sorry, Milwaukee. Sorry, Phoenix. Yeah. You know, sorry, See, that, whoever. I think that that is, that's probably our, where we differ, right? Like, I you, need give, a, you give me like, a first for him. I think I'm, I think that's where my something line is. And it's, I, I at the end of the day, I need I'm a wrong, player. But... I need something tangible. Like, un- unless fair. the only way that I'm thinking about doing it, and by the way, this is like a, a further down the road thing, is if a team like, Phoenix, or what another good example of this be? Maybe like the Warriors. If they give me a first, but it's four years from now or three years, they they could they could be. And then I can say, okay, maybe that won't be the thirtieth pick. Maybe it won't be the twenty seventh pick. Maybe you'll be bad again in the net situation. I just don't think. I think you know, in the post net Celtics trade era, I don't think teams are that loose with their picks right there a lot of teams saw what happened to the nets and said yeah we're not going to to do that to ourselves and if they did even if they did say okay yeah here's a later pick like that thing is getting lottery protected because you're never going to convince a team to give up more than the 15th pick for dennis schroeder you know even if the, the you're saying the warriors think this isn't going to be a top 14 pick but just in case it is we're going to lottery protect it. And it's yeah. not like you can argue with the Warriors. Well, you know, you shouldn't. It's like, why? You think we should give up the fifth pick in a draft yeah. for Dennis Schroeder? Like, no, you know, and it's that, and for especially for not for a couple months of them. So to me, it comes back to like, well, I'm, I'm still not very confident in making uh, any sort of deal. I would rather just ride it out with Schroeder and, you know, see and see what you can do this season. And maybe you could, and I, I, I don't care if it's just getting out of the first round. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's another step towards getting back to where you need to be, even if he's not going to be on the team, because he's, you know, hopefully the idea is that he's allowing the time that other guys in your roster need to develop. You know, yep. like 
because it, it, it's not always on the floor that the development happens. He's he's buying you time while Peyton Pritchard gets better or while, you know, Aaron Neesmith gets better. Speaking of which, I wanted to talk about these two because I had a conversation about these two today. And there's been a lot of trades. I don't know if you've seen them, but a lot of trade ideas thrown out there. It is December 15th today. We're doing this. It works out, which is, you know, NBA, basically the unofficial open to NBA trade season, right? Because December 15th is the day that all these contracts are now tradable that we're signing the off season or yep. signed whatever, you know? So, so that's part of why we're hearing a lot of more rumors now. One of the players that has been loosely rumored to the Celtics, no one's substantially exactly pointing this out uh, just yet, but uh, people have brought up Buddy Heald's name, okay? Yeah. And I brought up Buddy Heald's name before. You know, I, I really am very fond of Buddy Heald. Um, now, I, I saw an example trade for him, <clears throat> and it was something like, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I know Josh Richardson was in there. There's a few other pieces I didn't really care about. And then it was Aaron Neesmith was the other guy in that trade. And I saw his name in there, and I thought to myself, and I said, you know, would I rather that be Peyton Pritchard? Or would I rather it be Aaron Neesmith if I had to give up one in a mm-hmm. package for Buddy Heald? So I want to ask you, who would you rather trade if you had to in a deal like that or another deal, whatever, if the Celtics are going to make a trade at the deadline and they need to include one of those guys, who would you rather it be if they if they were going to do a, a, if, a you know, move like that? If I rather, I've now, it's Pritchard out the door before Neesmith. And that isn't, that. I'm not going to lie, that isn't, a, that shouldn't be a testament to Neesmith. Like, don't take that the wrong way, being like, oh, credit to you, Neesmith, for sticking around in, in Ev's mind here. No, it's it's Pritchard is irrelevant to this team now. I don't want that to be the case or anything like that. He is not a player on this team now. I don't know if Udoka hates him or if, you know, uh, you know, Pritchard told him he was a huge Fresh Prince of Bel-Air fan and, you know, liked his wife a little bit. So I don't know what happened there, but... Peyton Pritchard is just, as of right now, I could be like an idiot and this changes in a month. As of right now, is not even close to being a part of this rotation. Aaron Neesmith, you're still kind of being like, oh, maybe. So, uh, yeah, and either, but I will say this. You said you're fond of healed. Me too. He would have to change a little bit coming here. Like, when they told him on the Kings, you're going to go to the bench, they made like a, I don't know if you heard that, but they made a deal with him that when you come into the game, you could still shoot like double digit threes. Like they, that was like a verbal communication of here's almost like a, this is, you don't, don't think you're being, you know, you know, uh, taken back type of thing. Buddy Heald can't come here and shoot 12 threes a game type of thing. Like that, that's, that that's take note because that's now taking shots away from guys. He's not taking shots away from. Hold on. Let me just, let me, uh, let Hold me on. decide. All right, all right. Okay. Let me decide let, how many. Let me let me wrap up Buddy what I'm Hield. saying then, and then then get on that. Um, but I would take Buddy Hield in a heartbeat. Either one, Pritchard or uh, uh, Neesmith, I would trade. I wouldn't hesitate to include in a trade. But to answer your question, it's Pritchard, and I don't want it to be the case. But Pritchard's so far from being into this rotation. I don't know why, but that's the case. Okay, so so you mentioned Buddy Hield. What, what was the number you said? Ten or twelve? What was the number exactly? I said 12, but I think he probably, like, what? Are you looking at average? Yeah, yeah. So, whatever. Average, average, average 10, probably, but, like, he, he what? Whatever, right. you know, whatever. You got to smirk so, on so your face. Here's my thing, because you mentioned that in per, per, you know, I thought I thought I heard you say 10, but this was the thing. So, I mean, Marcus Smart, the last two years, averaging six. Yeah, I know. Like, I know. So, am I letting Buddy Heal take the same numbers Marcus Smart 
Yes. Plus yep. how many? Like, to me, no. 10 threes uh, a game but, for Buddy Heald? That's maybe a little but, bit reasonable, you know? He was in, like, the past... Uh, I don't know what he shot last year. But uh, let me look it up, because I don't want to make a fool of myself. So, other than this is probably his worst shooting year, I guess. Okay, I'm looking at it now, right? He's averaging 10 a game. By far his worst three-point shooting year of his career. If he were to do what... Uh, I get, I don't know. I, I still don't think that that's the... I, I don't know if you want anyone taking 10 threes a game if you have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on your team. I, I even, Good shooter, bad shooter, like, I don't know. I think things would have to change because do you watch King? Like, he gets in and jacks. It's not a, like, 10 natural threes a game. It's a, uh, oh, touch the ball. Let's see if this one goes in. Like, okay, that's not... Don't, we talk, don't we complain about the Celtics that... offense and the flow. That would... they He'd have to make some basketball changes to play here i i don't care about numbers like watching him play he would have to make some changes he gets in and just goes oh let's see if this one goes in okay so how many three-pointers per game do you think oh you got you got uh, you got you got ubi on your side there he says i agree with kj but he can come in and shoot from half court i don't care that's true as long as marcus smart's not doing i guess i can't really (laughs) okay so so ev how many three-pointers per game do you think uh kimball walker average with celtics Wow, that's a, I don't, uh, six? Over eight. Eight and a half. Really? See? Yeah, but hold on. But did that, like, work? Like, where's your point there? You know what I mean? My like, point I don't there think is that Kevin Walker is a, what's the right word here? Substantially, Decent. a notably worse shooter from three than Buddy Heald. Okay. And my other point is that, I understand what you're saying. Where's, you know, what's the what's the shot distribution on that necessarily? If they're 10 good threes a game, then I, I can't argue that. Like, Buddy Heald would be your third scoring option. And he's playing next to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum would help Buddy Heald get better looks. Oh, screw then. it. Give, give him 15 threes a game if it gets him here. I don't have to be the... Look, I just But if Buddy's watching, give him the freaking shots. At the end of the day, we look at it and say, you know, that's a lot, but that's the way that Buddy Heald plays. And that's the way that, you know, a lot of these spot up shooters like play. And when he's, he's that, you know, when he falls there in your pecking order, that's just to me, like, that's a little bit of the way it's going to be. Like, especially if you end up trading, he shoots it 13 times a game, averages 10 threes. So I guess like that, that is like, those are just field goals. Those aren't threes. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Dennis Schroeder is averaging 14 field goal attempts per game. So, like, if you trade Schroeder and you bring in Buddy Heald and, you know, maybe not in the same deal, but there's some imagination of that, then, like, yeah, Buddy Heald's getting those shots. If yep. you keep Schroeder, then guess what, Schroeder? Your field goal attempts per game are going down, like, four at least. And, by the way, if you keep Schroeder and trade for Buddy Heald, like, Marcus Smart, you're probably gone. Josh Richardson, you're definitely gone. So, like, there's more shots for you. So, I, I, I'm fine with it. I'm absolutely fine with it. Um, the thing about uh, the original question, which is we'll get to more Buddy Hield stuff, hopefully in the weeks to come. <laughs> I hope so, at least. On um, record, I've changed it. Give Buddy Hield 25 threes a game. Get if, the if the Celtics get Buddy Hield, I am getting that jersey so fast. Like, you don't understand. Do you understand how much I love Buddy Hield? Like, do you remember this? My my infatuation with Probably Buddy Hield. Probably if you... If you, uh, if you uh... I used to say, and I know this is crazy and I'm outing myself right now, but I don't care. I'll say it just for the people in the Zelda's Power Hour, okay? I used to say when Buddy Heald was at Oklahoma that he was Dwayne Wade with a jump shot. That's what I used to say about Buddy Heald when I saw him play at Oklahoma. 
because he was that like I loved seeing him play that much. And that half court shot, he hit at the buzzer in one of those games to win the game. Like yeah. he was so clutch. I love seeing him there. And I'm not saying Buddy Heald is going to be Dwayne with the jump shot, but you know what he's been throughout the course of his, his career? On terrible team after terrible team because he's been stuck in Sacramento. And before that, he was stuck with the Pelicans for half a season before they traded him for, oh, just the Kings' best player at the time. So you got to play with even more garbage. Like, that is that is the struggle that has been Buddy Heald's career. So, Last like, thing on him, though. Any hesitation, too, because I, I think this rolls into what you're saying. He gets benched in Sacramento. Like you say, bad team after this isn't a Carl Anthony Towns bad team after bad. Like this is a guy that is on a bad team, and somehow they thought it was best to bench him. Yeah, and I'm a buddy heel guy too. Not as big as you. I didn't think he was Dwayne Wade with jump start. I was thinking more or less Michael Jordan with a passing ability. You know, right? Like that. That's but but um but like how do you get benched in Sacramento? Like I think I could start at shooting guard in Sacramento. Like, <laughs> I have come on. I mean, they, they did draft two young players that were younger than Buddy Heel that they were more excited about. And you can just excuse it away as like, well, the Kings weren't exactly going anywhere anyway. It, it so could be a less concerned. severe, less, less severe Marvin Bagley situation too. Like they were like, Absolutely. oh, well, you're just going to, yeah. So, so that's getting, fair. If they're, if they're, they're more like, okay. getting Fox and Halliburton in their minutes, yep. then, Buddy okay. that, then that's the answer. Then that is, that's, I think that's a fair answer. Like, I, like to me, if you bring Buddy Heald into Paramex to those guys, like I think that that's pretty good. Is it enough to be your third star to win a championship? No. I would say that probably, most likely, 99% chance that it's not. Mm-hmm. That 1% chance of still holding out on Buddy Heald turning into Dwayne with the jump shot. But uh, if, if the, uh, hey, he's got the jump, he does have the jump shot part down. It's only um, like, think about it. The the easy part's over. Just the hard part. He's got to turn into Dwayne. I mean, now. he, like, I, I'm telling you, when I watched him play at Oklahoma, <laughs> And I saw the little, like, they compared to the videos to Reggie Miller, like, when he's running underneath the basket and coming off screens. And I'm like, oh, man, Buddy Heald is is, is going to be the guy. Like, I will get that jersey so fast. It will be hanging up right next to my Guershon Yebaselli jersey. Um, he, I, 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 I'm very excited with the prospect of this. I would love Buddy Heald. I would, you know, I, I know that I'm delusional, but I would almost trade anything short of Jalen Brown and, and, and uh, Jason Tatum just because I love him that much, even though I, I would overpay out, out the wazoo just to buy that jersey. Um, but the, the night they drafted Jalen Brown, part of me hoped it was going to be Buddy Heald. I was wrong. But Speaking I, of bets and whatnot on this show, I, it's not a bet, but we got to plan something if the Celtics get Buddy Heald somehow. Because that's one of those where there's smoke, there's fire. We've heard Buddy Heald's name a little bit. Who knows? Maybe all of a sudden it happens. And I, mean, I don't know what KJ does. Happens. Maybe we... You get you get into some weird stuff. We put this episode behind a paywall or something because I don't hey, know. We, I don't know what's happening. That's with you. for sure. <laughs> um, but the original crux of the question: Aaron Neesmith at his ceiling is just Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald, yeah. He's just a little bit taller of a Buddy Heald. Yeah, so jump shot. from that standpoint, it would make a little bit of sense to trade Aaron Neesmith. That being said, I would still trade Peyton Pritchard, and here's why. <laughs> because I just have more faith in Neesmith's ceiling at this point. And I think last year, if you asked a lot of people this, they would rather trade Neesmith. Like, if I asked you this last year, not at this time, because the season hadn't even started yet, but, you know, when, when Peyton Pritchard was playing very well, what would you have said? Would you have rather kept Peyton Pritchard then? I, I, I don't know if I would say, yes, I'd rather keep him kept Peyton Pritchard then, but I think that it's a... A, a deba- like a debatable almost convert like it, it's a it's a conversation you know what i mean sure and i now, still worry like now you know, i don't think it is like, they both could be good 
you know? Yeah. Peyton Pritchard, maybe he does turn into Fred Van Fleet. I don't know, but I'll tell you this much, and I know this is going to be stupid. So I, I already know. I've already said a couple stupid things, so I'm going to say another stupid thing. Did you see the comparisons they made between Aaron Neesmith and Chris Middleton the other night on the broadcast? No. They, they grew up in the same town. They went to the same high school. You know, and at first I saw it and I'm like, this is dumb. What are they trying to do? And they had the points and it was like Middleton's obviously averaging way more. But they had that same background. And I was thinking, you know, Middleton was like a late pick. He was in the second round. And Pritchard wasn't that late. He was still in the lottery. But like, you know, not eventually Middleton outplayed his draft decision. Could, could Neesmith do that? And like Neesmith is pretty similar and that, you know, he, he, he profiles as a taller shooter, a little bulkier, yeah. like could play as I could see him playing the same type of role as a Chris Middleton. Like, can he get to that level? I don't know, but like, Hey, that's interesting. And, and Middleton developed faster than Neesmith is, but Middleton was also on one of the worst. It was like one of the two worst teams in the entire league in the Milwaukee Bucks. Like they were awful. And he was just getting minutes just to get minutes. And he ended up being pretty good. So Neesmith's development has been slower, but still if faced with that question, I think I would keep, Neesmith. And I understand that it doesn't make a lot of sense to have Buddy Heald and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Neesmith if they're all good, because guess what? They can't all play together. Yeah. They can't all start. Like, it doesn't make sense. You're not starting Buddy Heald at point guard. So even still, I'm scared of giving up on, on Aaron Neesmith. I'm more scared of giving up on him than I am on Peyton Pritchard. And Can I heard I, someone say, um... shout out to Jack Simone, and I don't want to put him on blast or anything like that. But he did say, I brought up the question and I asked those guys and they were like, well, you know, and, and Jack said, it depends if you trade Dennis Schroeder. And I said, does it? And because isn't it, it has to be more long-term consideration than just, okay, well, I need a point guard for the back half of this year. Like, Ubi asked that, that, pretty much that Pritchard. similar question too. In the chat, yeah, because he says, because I, I think it impact. I do think it impacts it, but I think you're kind of getting at it. So go ahead. I think it, I think it's like well, I, I mean, you're to think it's short term there, but I, yeah, I, it's it's like it's like if you're saying if you're if you're tasked with the decision to pick between two of your younger assets that could be very good, does it really come down to whether or not you're trading Dennis Schroeder this season? Shouldn't it right. be about who you think is going to be better, no matter what your roster is? I mean, look, if you trade Dennis Schroeder and then you have to trade Peyton Pritchard. And you're out of point guards. Like, I know some people aren't going to like this, but hey, like Jeff Teague's available. Like, I hear Jeff Teague's on the street. You know, he's a champion, but, huh? <laughs> we can get a so, former champion up in here if we can only have a guy like that on our team. So, to me, I still would rather have Neesmith because who knows? In a few years, you know, maybe Buddy Heald's not on your team anymore. Maybe he's a free agent. Maybe he walks. Maybe some this or that happens or whatever. And then all of a sudden, Neesmith can be his replacement. I just, I like Aaron Neesmith better. So, and, and who knows? It might not be for a buddy heel trade. You might be trading for somebody else. You might be trading for a Sabonis. I don't know, whoever. Give me, um, just ready. So Matthew, I've seen a, a couple of good comments from Matthew. I do want to give him a shout out here. A couple of these guys, like, I, I guess I'm assuming that's a Bryn. So, so Josh Hart, focus on Josh Hart. Cause I saw that name in the chat earlier too. Mm-hmm. Where's that value to you? Because you kind of just said, hey, it doesn't have to be a buddy healed. It could be a, Buddy Heald, in your mind or in my mind, might have more value than Josh Hart, but does he? Like, yes. I'm does he? Though? I mean, Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald's one of the the better shooters in the league, and I know what you were saying about you know his having more impressive years uh, 
but but to me like Josh Hart is like I mean is Josh Hart really giving me something that I don't already have and like Josh Richardson but you can't, you can't, I mean you, you wouldn't be able to like he is a guy that could play for you and give you good minutes like what does Josh score. Hart do better than Josh Richardson though they profile um, pretty similarly. Maybe he's a little bit like I don't even a little bit more physical. Like is that? They, I mean, they're pretty similar not... players at the end of the day. So to me, it's like I have that already. Like if I'm getting someone else, I want the better shooter, and that's why I'm going after Buddy Heal. Yeah, if like, we compare, if we reason. compare Buddy Heal and Matthew, Matthew say is tough. That's kind of what I'm getting at too. Like he he's a more phys, like I said, physicality. Like he is. I think that if you could like. I, I would take Josh Hart. I guess I guess that's what I'm saying. Like I that's a for guy what, that I would for, you would take him for. Oh, that's for that is. Mm, yeah, maybe honestly. I don't then know. Then you're getting you're getting so. a guy that's going. That... You're getting a guy that will play for a guy that's not going to play. I don't love that. I'm not I'm not sitting here being like what a great trade. But Josh Hart would play on this team, and Peyton Pritchard doesn't play on this team. So yeah, that's like the deal, Matthew's yeah. throwing all this stuff out there. Like he can run the point. Like can he? Like I don't. I mean, Josh Hart shouldn't be running the point. Like and, and really at, at all. Like he's. Uh, and, and by the way, like Josh Hart can run the point as much as Richardson can. Like Richardson was like the main ball handler in Miami. I know, a lot. We talked about that a few. I wish, I still wish that that was something that they, they and have not like, untapped his ability. Right. But I, 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 uh, I, I, I think I lean, I lean more towards like Matthew than you do. Matthew's also saying his defense, like I, I, Richardson's a fine defender. And he's saying, yeah, but what if you got uh, both those guys? You're saying you already have that guy. That doesn't hurt. Like I, I, lean, what am I, what, I, I lean more I, in favor of Matthew in this one than you do, because I think Josh Hart's better than Peyton Pritchard for your team. Regardless, I don't know if, if that's the deal at the, at that point, like what, what do we talk about? Remember we talked about last week with Sabonis and Miles Turner. You're like, Oh, what's the, I'm more of the mindset of give me a better player in a trade, figure out the rotation later because it's a win of a trade. You might not know. like that take, but that's very, you, you, you see what I mean? That's very similar to what we talked about last week. Cause it is sort of a, Oh, well, where's, yeah, no, it is. Like, I, I, that's, I just, that's where my mind is. So I don't like those two together. I think if you're getting Josh, yeah, Hart, you have I, to I, 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 I think that's Josh fair. Hart. Like I said, I lean towards Matthew in this because like, if, if, like, if that's the deal, Pritchard for Josh Hart, Josh Hart would, you'd, you'd want to play. Pritchard doesn't okay. play, but here's the thing. Okay. Um, I think that, if you're, if I'm talking about who would I rather have, Josh Hart or Josh Richardson? Sure, I'll take Josh Hart because he's younger, and I do think he's he's marginally better. But the question isn't, do I want Josh Hart over Josh Richardson? The question we're asking is, would I give up Peyton Pritchard or Aaron Neesmith for Josh Hart? And I'm saying no because I already have Josh Richardson. Mm -hmm. And to me, when you have those pieces like Pritchard or Neesmith who are under team control for another couple of years here, remember, mm -hmm. and have are restricted free agents at the end of those deals. I am not trading those guys unless yeah, I am getting under, a piece. Only, uh, Pritchard's on your team control, just sitting on your bench. You know what I mean? Like okay, like, but I still, but but the idea is that those are pieces, young pieces yep. that can develop and be better. And Pritchard showed the potential he had last season. That I want to be able to trade eventually for better players than Josh Hart. Like yeah, right I, now, I, I, I don't want to deny. I wouldn't deny that. Yeah, I'm, I'm only really bench, talking Josh Hart in a vacuum. I'm only he, talking Josh Hart in a vacuum. He still like, has real value. And yeah. eventually that value could grow and it could get you a better player, a better player than Josh Hart. So right now I am not trading Pritchard for Josh Hart. If, if you want to tell me I can get Josh Hart for Richardson in a couple seconds, like I'll consider it. Yeah, I'll probably do that. But I'm, I'm holding out for something better with those guys. And if I don't get it, oh, well, 
Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'll take my chance. I'm not giving it on up on it for Josh Hart. I will give up on it for Buddy Heald, not Josh Hart. I think, like, I think that that's fair. Like, I don't need, I don't think this needs to be a huge, like, it. it's still, like, regardless of how good Josh Hart could be or how good he is or, or you know, being brought up in the chat by Matthew, it's like he still is just like Josh Hart. He's not going to be this, like, oh, we get Josh Hart, we're a championship team. I just yeah. think that I do lean more towards Pritchard, but I, 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 it's similar to this. Ready? I can't talk you off of the way you're thinking about Pritchard because it's completely logical and makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just more willing to give up on him earlier than I don't know if I would trade Neesmith for Josh Hart though. So if that shows the very close, uh, sort of difference, like, I don't think that I would do that because Neesmith's ceiling. I think Peyton Pritchard is almost like uh, overstated his welcome here. Like I don't see how he ends up fitting with this team now. They're not even playing him now. You think, I think that's next a year he's just going to get a bunch of minutes? Like, okay, well, he played a lot the first um, year. Wait a second. Hold on. I know we're running way over time here, but, uh, like, if, I, if Peyton Pritchard next year is going to get a bunch of minutes, like, if Dennis Schroeder leaves, yeah. And Peyton Pritchard got a lot of minutes as a rookie. Right now, the right, problem, that's the problem is, is. But the problem is more KJ, so not Dennis Schroeder and Marcus Smart started nights, and Peyton Pritchard didn't play. Okay, but the problem is less Peyton Pritchard and more Dennis Schroeder and Marcus Smart. The fact that you have both of those guys and you need to play them. It's not like there's some third point guard. Those two guys start and he still plays zero minutes is fishy to me. I mean, they still split reps at point guard and they're both playing, you know, th- around 30 minutes. So at the end and of the day, zero minutes, that's still fishy to me. Those guys play 30. He plays zero. I understand that. Look, he's in the doghouse for, with M.A. Doka. I don't know why. But to me, I still look at that and I say, there's something there. It, everything we saw last season, the three point shooting, you realize Den- Peyton Pritchard, I don't know. I haven't looked at the updated number. But he ended last season like top three in Celtics franchise history in three-point percentage. Yep. And now you're telling me that I should be ready to give up on him because of two months at the start of his second year season, like because of a sophomore slump? Like I'm not I doing I almost think that. if they're never going to play him, then yeah. I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that Peyton Bridget's going to sit on the bench it's until similar, he's 50 honestly, years old and then say, way, all right, guys, good... I'm retiring. Uh, it's been a great ride on the bench as a Celtics bench warmer. I really appreciate that, that I never played after my rookie season for some reason. But I'm heading out. Like, I'm, I just I, – It's, it's just like we started the show with Jalen Brown, though. I have more – to say otherwise than you just being like, let's hold on to Peyton Pritchard for some, for some th- theoretical reason. I, I don't think it's theoretical. Young players develop. That's how the NBA works. He's doing the opposite of developing though right now. Like, well, how do you not see that? Sophomore slump. It's two months. And I guess M.A. Doka hates him. I don't know. I, 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 I don't have the answer to you. I, I thought hey, they if, were going to get along. If Udoka's not going to be the coach, then this all gets thrown out. Like if he's not I thought your... they were buddy, buddy from Oregon. And they had this thing going on. Apparently they didn't. I don't know. No, Look, they, they right need to now, be the same people. Right now, you have two point guards that are better than Peyton Pritchard. Undisputable. Last season, Jeff Teague proved himself to be not better than Peyton Pritchard, mm-hmm. and that's what happened, okay? So I, I don't have the magic answer for you of why Peyton Pritchard isn't getting the minutes that, that you feel like he should, or that he you, you feel like he, uh, maybe not should, but you feel like he, he uh, should That I would be want to, to see. That to, I, if, if, to, to change my mind here, the minutes that I want to see. I think that's how I'd put it. Right, sure. Um, but I, I am not going to go off two months and say that's never going to happen again. Like, uh, it, unless sure. he was out there consistently and failing, like, that would prove more to me than him sitting on the bench. You know, there, there could be any number of reasons why that's happening. And I, I think that that could be very well subject to change. Like, if the Celtics trade Dennis Schroeder 
and and you know get build up his value and get something for him. Like Peyton Pritchard's right in there, and then he's the next guy up. And you know, and should, I think we should expect him to take advantage of his opportunity. We got to save some meat on the bone for the next Celtics Power Hour. We've already given you bonus time. You guys better be be paying us uh, overtime for that one. Um, uh, but thank you guys once again for watching. Uh, I have final words. I know that we we just started having this crazy debate about Peyton Pritchard. It's, it's uh, I just hope people in the chat know that like like I think we're trying to keep up with the chat and and we KJ will will do like uh you know we'll we'll get better with the chat because I think it's tough when you get me oh. and you talking like we'll just talk 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 talk. But we uh, we are uh, you know it's. Evie, you still on Matthew's side with that last comment? I'm just curious. Are you still? What did I say uh, last? Schroeder. What was it? Pop it up. Uh, Schroeder and Jalen Brown uh, trade. You interested in that very much? No, 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 no. Oh, Jaylen I thought you. Jay- I thought you and Matthew were buddies. I thought I you and Matthew were Matthew. I'm buddies with Matthew. Not that one though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank um, you guys yeah, for we'll, we'll, my last words. We'll keep up with. We, we, we. I mean, we do our our best but KJ and I can both talk to a wall about the Celtics for hours so yeah. imagine putting us on the same show here but that's what we do so uh we and, uh you know I do mean, our best yeah and w- once again thank you guys for tuning in and I appreciate you guys like talking to each other sometimes in the chat too like it's helpful and uh <laughs> I'm all saying wrap it up get out of here um <laughs> get it out of here um but uh Ben saying he's joining from London too just you know thanks for thanks for tuning in for all the way from London I know it's gotta be what uh past midnight there uh over in London um but uh yeah thank you guys for watching really appreciate it as always uh eat some dinner whatever you got to do with even watch the Celtics power hour for the last hour so you got to catch up on some things but uh Celtics uh game Friday I wanted to get to that a little bit Ev I'll just I'll throw the last thing out to you just real quick do you wish a little bit that Steph Curry was going to break his record against the Celtics or are you glad it happened against the Knicks I'm like glad it, it happened. real quick it just it would have been cool like you think about you know him passing Ray Allen would have happened in the same place. Ray Allen passed Reggie Miller. Ray Allen would have been in the building. Like yeah. would have been, would have been cool. I give you that. That turned into way too much of a theatric thing for me last night. So I'm glad it didn't happen in the middle of a game that I'm, you know, watching and, and, and why do you say way too theatric? Just like, you know, I, I never, I, an NFL is like the worst at it when they break records and they almost like stop the game. To, like, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. You just don't like it? I like the it. Game. I like I, I'm sure people do. That's why they do it. I'm just saying to play me, the damn game, me, honestly, then celebrate. To me, it's cool. To me, it's like we're taking a second to to acknowledge the fact we, we understand we have a game to play, and we all understand that. But we're acknowledging the fact that, like, what you did is special. Like, taking a second is different than taking 20 minutes out of my time watching a, a Warriors-Knicks game type thing. Like, and I mean? some like, people said, like, do you think this is overrated? Like, no, it's not overrated. Like, this is incredible. Like, I remember when yeah, Ray no, Allen I, I don't, I don't like Yeah, no, I don't like the idea of, what does this stat matter? Like, no, it matters. He's the... It is he's a big the, deal. He, it's a huge... Oh, it's... it's. Uh, I was listening to the radio. They were like, oh, like, it's... Uh, what? This is a huge number. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a regular season stat. No, 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 it matters. He now has... He's, like undebatably the best shooter you know what i mean like it's it's mad yeah, and, and it, it's but it, i just don't I, like the theatrics in game I, I i love the leaderboard and the other thing is people are saying i don't know if you've seen this but pe- people have claimed like oh well like you know j- the the next guy will break this like the, who you know whenever the the NBA yeah. is going to keep shooting so like eventually in 10 years like you know the next uh shooter whoever the best shooter in the, you know damien lillard it's just going to swap hands a bunch it's not Steph, as much as people shoot in the NBA, I don't think people really realize how much Steph Curry shoots. Yeah. Real quick. And we'll get out of here, I promise, in the next two minutes.
But do you know how many Steph Curry's averaging like five and a half three pointers per game? Do you know how many players in the league average over four and a half threes a game? No, but it can't be high. One Steph Curry. Do you know how many <laughs> players in the league average over four three pointers made per game? One Steph Curry. One Two? Stephen Curry. <laughs> Do you right. know how many players in the league average over three and a half three pointers made per game? That's got to be more than him, no? One. <laughs> it's Stephen Curry. That's it, and he averages five and a half. Yeah. Like, look at the list of most three pointers made in a season. I'm pretty sure it goes like Steph Curry, Steph Curry, Steph Curry, someone else, Steph Curry. Like, that's what we're talking about. And the battery exhausted <laughs> as soon as, of course. You went, said we next two minutes, your camera long. immediately said, you know what? We're putting a timer on this bad boy. We went way too long, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Of course we did. All right. Um, all right. Well, we do have to head out, guys. As we said before, thank you all for watching. Um, we'll get back to you uh, next time. Celtics, Warriors, we'll have the postgame. We'll have the pregame. So come back for that. And tomorrow, Special Patriots cult pre uh pregame is you know pre weeks midweek stream for head by head of the Preview, Saturday yeah. game. So definitely tune in, guys. All right, thank you guys for all for watching. We'll catch you next time on the Celtics Power Hour.